The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Welcome to Happy Beeps. This is a show where we signal boost all things fun, weird, and wonderful in the world of Star Wars. I am your host, Jennifer Landa. Since the birth of the fandom, being a Star Wars fan has meant debating and sharing your opinions passionately. It's what we do. And as I talked about in my previous Happy Beeps episode, a differing of opinions is a good thing. But it does feel like recently and especially after the releases of The Last Jedi and now Solo, A Star Wars Story. The discussions have become more heated, angry, and contemptuous. While some of the criticism about Star Wars and its filmmakers have been fair, after reading thread after thread, tweet after tweet, it can become tough not to let that anger seep in and taint how you feel about Star Wars. I fell victim to this. And allow me to pull back the curtain a little bit. I went to Ken and Joseph and I said, I don't know if I can do a Happy Beeps episode this week. Instead of my usual Happy Beeps for the first time, Star Wars was making me feel sad beeps. Over the past 30 plus years, Star Wars has always been my escape. Through tough times with family and bullying at school, prejudice in my community, Star Wars has always been there for me through the good times and the bad. Star Wars has always been there for me and given me an incredible galaxy to escape to where I could forget about the world around me. And for the first time in 30 plus years, I didn't want to escape to that galaxy far, far away. Honestly, there are a variety of reasons why I felt this way. Divisiveness amongst fans, a lack of diversity in the people writing and directing these new Star Wars stories, and a realization that negativity and hot takes seems to really fuel the online media discussion about Star Wars. Like Luke Skywalker, I felt like the best thing for me to do this week was, you know, just go away, drink some green milk, and cuddle up with a porg. I was not feeling so positive. Thankfully, Ken and Joseph reminded me that, you know, during this, I wanna say difficult time in our fandom, but certainly a time where things feel a little bit more fractured, this is when we need to be spreading positivity the most. So like Ray, I'd like to think that Joseph and Ken came to me with a lightsaber, AKA microphone, and said, you can do it, we need you. And then I threw the lightsaber away. (laughs) I'm kidding. I took that lightsaber microphone and now I am here ready to talk Star Wars. Today, I want to go back to basics. Get to the root of what Star Wars means to me, means to us fans. So I'm going to share three things that I love about Star Wars. Obviously, I could share a thousand things about why I love Star Wars and why Star Wars is so great. But if I were to pinpoint why I have been a fan all these years, 
These three reasons are it. When I was a kid watching Star Wars, the biggest takeaway I got from the films was that it was a story about the underdogs in the galaxy. There are many movies about underdogs, and audiences love them because there is nothing more gratifying than seeing someone with strength of spirit overcome all the odds. From Rocky to Million Dollar Baby, from The Karate Kid to A League of Their Own, a good underdog story is relatable because it's about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It gives us hope. That's why I love Star Wars. As a child, it gave me hope that if I believed in myself, trusted in my ability, and joined forces with my friends, I could accomplish anything. As I've talked about on Force Center, my first experience with Star Wars was watching Return of the Jedi. And that movie really hammers home the idea that the underdog can triumph. I can remember watching the Jabba sail barge scene. You know, you have Princess Leia who is enslaved by a giant slug. Han Solo is temporarily blind. Luke doesn't have a lightsaber. I couldn't fathom how our heroes could get out of a situation like that. Then you have the Ewoks, these cute and cuddly murder bears. How could they possibly defeat the Empire and its advanced technology? But in both of these cases, the underdogs and our heroes triumph. Don't move! We surrender. It wasn't until much later on in life that I learned that the Ewoks were supposed to represent the Viet Cong and the Empire was the U.S. Here's James Cameron on his show Story of Science Fiction talking to George Lucas about his inspiration behind the Battle of Endor. You did something very interesting with Star Wars, if you think about it. The good guys are the rebels. They're using asymmetric warfare against a highly organized empire. So it was a very anti-authoritarian, very kind of 60s, against the man kind of thing, nested or, deep inside a, or, a, a fantasy. Or a colonial, you know, we're fighting the largest empire in the world. Right. And we're just a bunch of hayseeds in that's, coonskin hats that don't right. know nothing. That's right. And it was the same thing with the Vietnamese. Yep. The irony of that one is in in both of those, the little the little guys won. Right. And the big, highly technical Im the, empire. The English Empire. Right? The English the empire, empire, the American Empire, yep. lost. Yeah. That was the whole point. Yeah. Who said Star Wars was never political? Hmm. You know, as a kid, I didn't know the political themes and messages that inspired these stories. I just knew that the little guys won. And good eventually triumphed over evil. As I've talked about before, I am a Star Wars mom. So I'm always trying to share Star Wars with my daughter in any way that I can. She's almost three, so she can't watch the movies yet. But the books and the cartoons have really been great introductions for her. When it comes to kids' content, there is so much out there. The princess culture is strong. Oof, man, is it strong. And while Sophia the First has good messaging for kids, I recently had a realization. There are bad people in the world. There will be people who might want to hurt my daughter or take advantage of her. So she needs to know that she can stick up for herself and protect herself even when I'm not there. That's why it's important for kids to see heroes in stories 
asserting themselves and fighting for what is right so that they have an example of what is possible. If my daughter feels that something is wrong or unjust, just like Luke Skywalker or Rey, I want her to know that she can find strength in her community and strength in herself to fight for what is right. And thank the maker for Star Wars, because reinforcing this message to kids is exactly why George created Star Wars in the first place. Sure, it's always about, you know, swashbuckling adventure and, you know, going back to Flash Gordon, but really, he recognized that stories can be used to teach kids important values, life lessons, and why you should choose good over evil. Myths have a tremendous responsibility, and I am so glad that George recognized this when creating the modern myth of Star Wars. Here he is talking to Bill Moyers in 1999. Yeah, they're still learning. They're still picking up ideas. They're still using these ideas to shape uh, the way they're going to conduct their life. And you need to tell the same story over and over again every generation so that generation gets it. Some may criticize The Force Awakens for being a rehash of A New Hope, but J.J. Abrams did exactly what George Lucas said these modern myths are supposed to do. We need to retell these stories over and over again so each generation gets it. I will never tire of a good underdog story because even as an adult, you can feel like an underdog in certain situations. And hey, who doesn't like seeing a band of rebels and some cute teddy bears taking down an empire? If you don't like the Ewoks, don't answer that. The second reason I love Star Wars is because it is weird. It's one of the things I celebrate on this show, and as I've talked about before, Star Wars is quintessentially weird. Sometimes I forget how weird these movies are until the cashier at Trader Joe's sees my Star Wars t-shirt and asks me, Hey, what'd you think of the latest Star Wars movie? Oh my gosh, I love The Last Jedi. And while some think that the Thala Siren scene is a bit too much, I personally thought it was significant. A great juxtaposition to when we first see Luke drinking blue milk in A New Hope. I mean, how amazing is that? My only gripe is that I really wish that Ryan Johnson had kept that deleted caretaker scene. I like seeing the Lanai culture, you know? Especially since we learned that male and female Lanai only interact on a monthly basis, which is when the males return to the island of Octo. So, you know, that scene for me is just so joyful. Uh, your, your total is 67.54. So, maybe the weirdness also comes from how invested we get in these stories. It's only when I go outside our nerd bubble, as Ken likes to say, that I realize how my opinions on Star Wars sound like gibberish to the people around me. I know this because my family has told me so. Laser swords, dancing fish nuns, a force ghost puppet. If you are an adult that has never seen a Star Wars film before, I can understand why you might have a difficult time taking the film seriously and get them, so to speak. I think the reason the weirdness of Star Wars works for us fans is because so many of us first saw the films when we were children. That's not to say that you can't enjoy the films if you're only seeing them for the first time as an adult. But when you're a child, your imagination is always running wild, and you spend hours playing pretend. So seeing a dog-like creature that is seven feet tall piloting a starship, it makes sense. I was especially reminded of this when my daughter saw a clip from A New Hope recently. 
It was the scenes when the Jawas capture R2-D2 and put him in their sand crawler. When she watched it, her eyes widened with delight when she saw these funny little creatures in these brown robes with glowing eyes shouting, Utini! She excitedly studied all the droids inside the sand crawler, and she asked, What's that one, Mama? When she saw the gunk power droid shuffle by. That's gunk, I told her. When she heard that name, she was thrilled, and she proceeded to say gunk, 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 gunk for the next few minutes. Her reaction to these scenes took me back to how I felt when I was a kid watching Return of the Jedi. Of course there is a giant slug who appreciates dance and good music. Of course a blue elephant knows how to rock out on the piano. Of course there is a tribe of small teddy bears that live in the forest. There is no need to suspend my disbelief to understand Star Wars. Star Wars made sense to me as a kid because it was so imaginative. It put all of my wildest dreams on screen, and that is why I loved it. Now, as an adult, when I sit in the movie theater to watch a new Star Wars film, I go back to that feeling of being a kid watching the films for the first time. I can literally feel it in my body, like a muscle memory in some way. I become giddy with anticipation and excited because the weirder things get on screen, the more I know I'm going to love it. Yes, I have expectations of what I might see or what I think might happen, but I honestly, you guys, I just let it all go. And I allow myself to experience that kid-like joy of watching a new Star Wars film. It's something I never thought would ever happen, especially when I was a kid in the 80s. So yes, Star Wars is weird. It always has been, and I hope it always will be. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. The third and final reason why I love Star Wars is because of all of you. It's because when I was down, my Star Wars friends, Ken and Joseph, supported me and understood how I felt. There's a shorthand between Star Wars fans, and it's a special bond that we share. Our fan community is one of the greatest aspects, in my opinion, of Star Wars. When I saw Solo, A Star Wars Story recently, I went to three different showings and had three very different experiences. The first time, I saw it at a screening, so there were definitely fans in the audience, but the reactions, they felt a little muted. There were some laughs and some ooh, ah, uh, that I heard, but it wasn't like an opening night kind of crowd. I also saw the film at 10 in the morning on a weekday. That was different. The theater was about half full, and you know, while there were some reactions throughout the film, it was definitely more subdued. I enjoyed the film both times, but these two experiences made me realize how much watching a film surrounded by hardcore fans really adds to the viewing experience. My favorite viewing of Solo was on Thursday night, so it was technically a day before the official release. I knew I was amongst my people when I saw a guy walk into the theater wearing a floor-length cape like director Orson Krennic. I knew I was amongst my tribe, amongst my people. And so when I watched the film that night, I saw 
fist pumps, so much cheering, gasping, clapping. The gal next to me was so shocked by that big reveal at the end that she clutched her heart and doubled over in her seat. And she stayed like that for a good 30 seconds. Star Wars is special because it's a communal experience. When you're sitting in that theater, you can look to your right and see a kid watching it for the first time, and you can look to your left and see a lifelong fan dressed up as General Leia who's watching the film with just tears in her eyes. There is nothing like it. One of the major themes throughout Star Wars is the importance of community. George Lucas has always talked about this and how myths can be used to teach this lesson. Here he is speaking to Bill Moyers in 1999 about the power of myths. Myths help you to have your own hero's journey, find your individuality, find your place in the world, but hopefully remind you that you're part of a whole and that you must also uh, be part of the community and, and think of the welfare of the community above the welfare of yourself. While George is referring to the larger sense of the word community, I believe we can apply those same lessons to our Star Wars fan community. Because having a healthy, thriving, positive fan community where people feel comfortable sharing their opinions is really important. Our community can provide support to those who feel alone, not just in their fandom, but alone in their personal lives as well. Members of our community, like the 501st Legion or the Rebel Legion, can go to a hospital in costume and lift the spirits of a child with leukemia. Or it might just be a small interaction online with a fellow fan where you send them a silly drawing of Kylo Ren without a shirt off. (laughs) Maybe something better, you know, but that, that silly meme or that silly Star Wars photo can give temporary relief in an otherwise crummy day. Star Wars is powerful, not just because of the stories themselves, but it's in how those stories connect the fans who love them. We are not going to all agree on or love every single Star Wars film or show or whatnot that is told. That's okay. It's how we share these opinions that matter the most. Being respectful of each other, listening to each other, and supporting each other is not just a good way to live. It's exactly the message George Lucas was trying to convey all those years ago. This is what being a true Star Wars fan is. It's not about how many creatures you can name or how many collectibles you own. If you are a true Star Wars fan, it means that you care about the values of loyalty, friendship, and community. It means you believe in the positive ideals presented in these films, books, and TV shows. There are some in our community right now who spend their time writing cruel comments on the Star Wars Facebook page, who physically threaten Ryan Johnson online because they don't like The Last Jedi, who make YouTube video after YouTube video calling for Kathleen Kennedy to be fired and shouting that Star Wars is dead. That is their choice. Everyone has a choice on how they want to live their lives and interact in their communities. Here is a great moment between Bill Moyers and George Lucas talking about that choice. I hear so many young people today talk about a world that's emptied of heroism, where there are no more noble things to do. 
What do you say to them? Everybody becomes, everybody has the choice of being a hero or not being a hero every day of their lives. And you can either help somebody, you can be compassionate toward people, you can treat some people with dignity, uh, or not. And in one way you become a hero, and the other way, you know, you're part of the problem. And it's, it's not a grand thing. You know, you don't have to uh, get into a giant laser sword fight and blow up three spaceships to become a hero. I mean, it's a very small thing that happens every day of your life. We don't have to be Jedi to do good things. We don't have to be the chosen one to lift someone up and encourage them. We don't have to be the best pilot in the galaxy to steer an online conversation to a more positive and thoughtful direction. It's not about the will of the Force or what our destiny is. In the end, the choice is up to us. So those are just some of the things that I like about Star Wars. Everyone likes it for different reasons. So I want to know, what are your reasons? Why are you a part of this fan community? What is, it, what is it about Star Wars that you love and that has resonated with you all these years? Or if you're a newer fan, you know, why did you get hooked into it in the first place? You can let me know on Twitter, at Jennifer Landa, or at Force Center Pod, hashtag Happy Beeps. You can also connect with me on my Facebook page or on Instagram at Jennifer Landa. I like to keep things simple. I just want to say how grateful I am for all of you in the Star Wars community. You guys really keep me going and, you know, you continue to feel my fire for this franchise and it can be tough to remain positive, but I'm just so grateful that there are so many positive fans out there who just want to celebrate Star Wars and yeah, you know, we can have criticisms and, and want more for the franchise, but in the end, you know, we just want some fun space adventures with laser swords and scoundrels. We always appreciate your support here at Force Center, whether it's sharing our podcast with your friends, rating us on iTunes, or supporting our work through Patreon. You can find out more about becoming a patron of Force Center at patreon.com slash Center. A special thank you to the wonderful Tony Thaxton for our funky Happy Beeps theme song and the outro song you are about to hear and thank you for listening until next time beep bop boop <laughs> <laughs>